Stay informed. The top five at five from News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. And good evening, 502. It's 47 degrees in downtown Seattle with Kim Shepard. I'm Rick Van Sice, and here's what's happening. Well, the Seahawks and AP Comeback Player of the Year, Gito Smith, have agreed to a three year contract that will keep the quarterback in Seattle for years to come. Sources say Smith and the Seahawks have agreed to a three year, $105 million deal. Smith set multiple Seahawks records throughout the course of last season. He broke the franchise record for overall pass completions with 399 and most passing yards in a season more than 4,000. I'm Ryan Harris with a bill to cut the waiting period under Washington's Death with Dignity Act from 15 days to seven now being heard in the state house. Senate Bill 5179 would also allow the drugs to be mailed to patients who live far from hospitals and pharmacies. Opponents like Dr. Robin Bernhoft say terminal patients are vulnerable to manipulation by family and caregivers. They fear becoming a burden and their caregivers are often tempted to push them toward death. Supporters say the bill would take down barriers that ultimately limit choices for people at the end of life. I'm Jeff Pogela. The president of Finland is touring the United States, stopping today in Olympia to drum up support for his country's application to NATO. In May 2022, Finland officially decided to apply for NATO membership. President Sauli Ninista spoke to a joint session of the state legislature. Finland remained neutral throughout the Cold War, but decided to apply to NATO after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A big crash shut down I-5 South and Federal Way during the morning commute. It happened just south of 272nd Street, about 5.25 a.m., according to State Trooper Rick Johnson. It's two vehicles and then one uh, semi without a trailer, so a bobtail uh, semi-cab. The driver of one of the cars in critical condition. The cause of that wreck remains under investigation. I'm John Lubertine. The Amtrak Cascades route is back on course for the first time since the pandemic. A Vancouver-bound train from Portland pulled into Seattle Station this morning. Amtrak's Ray Lang. The Cascades route is one of the busiest Amtrak routes in the system and performs as well as just about any of them. And it's among the most scenic. Washdog says this is a win-win for traffic congestion and business. Amtrak says the trains are 80% full and more cars are going to be added to two daily trips. Still ahead, do you live on a healthy street? I'm Corwin Hake. Pandemic-era neighborhood program lives on. Northwest News Time is 5.04, and we check your drive every 10 minutes on the fours in the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. How's it looking, Kimmy Klein? It's lighter than usual on the roads right now, and uh, we don't have any major accidents really causing trouble, but we do have an accident on Whidbey Island between Oakville and Coopville, partially blocking Highway 20 at Libby Road, and a crash in Everett on North and I-5 at 41st. It's blocking the right lane, so that's adding to some slowdowns from the Boeing Freeway. And you want to pass it, you're wide open in two and through Marysville. Southbound 5 in Seattle is rugged as you head south of the U-District towards I-90. A little busy up the south center hill and a little slow near the Highway 18 interchange, but otherwise we're looking good around Tacoma all around JBLM and Olympia. Most of the traffic on 167 is south of Algona towards 24th and Sumner. Southbound 405 is heavy from just south of southeast 8th, off and on up the Kennedale Hill, but our floating bridges are pretty much wide open, and northbound 405s just rolling a bit slow and bothled between 522 and State Route 527. Your next Northwest traffic at 514. How about the weather? We have the forecast sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. Here's Rebecca Stevenson at Como 4. Through the course of the night tonight, we'll continue with these scattered showers 
showers around spinning up from low pressure offshore. These are going to slowly dissipate late tonight. Expect your low temperatures to be near the freezing mark for a few places, but most of us in the mid-30s to start out our Tuesday morning. Again, partly sunny skies to begin with a few showers popping up later in the afternoon, mainly to the west around Kitsap and Olympic Peninsula, the coast. That's where we'll see most of our showers with highs on our Tuesday afternoon in the upper 40s to low 50s. From the Como 4 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Rebecca Stevenson. Traffic update sponsored by Beacon Plumbing. Heating and electrical call Beacon today and save $50 on all drain cleaning and sewer repair. Just call one 800 freaking stop freaking call Beacon. 47 and downtown Seattle, Northwest News Time 506. Seattle's experiment in traffic-free, healthy streets is continuing into the post-pandemic era. Northwest News Radio's Corwin Hake has more. The Seattle Transportation Department launched its Healthy Streets program in 2020 to help housebound kids and adults get outside. Portions of 21 neighborhood streets citywide were closed to through traffic. Outdoor play was encouraged. Making it so much fun for the kids that they don't want to go home. Angie Mosley found her Healthy Street in South Seattle's Othello neighborhood had benefits beyond a little fresh air. We are out here doing it for our mind, body, and soul to keep our youth engaged in fun activities, keep them off of social media and the cell phones and all that. Estrot last summer began collecting data on which streets might remain permanently healthy. It just announced one in Ballard, 17th Avenue Northwest from Northwest 90th Street to Northwest 58th Street will stay a healthy street until further notice. Big planters with street closed signs indicate traffic is limited to local access only and all traffic must yield to people. Corwin Hake, Northwest News Radio. Human services workers in Seattle and King County are significantly underpaid. That's according to a new UW study that found workers providing essential services like child and elder care are underpaid by as much as 37%. Study also found that workers leaving for jobs in other sectors see a net pay increase of 7% a year. The study made a number of recommendations, including raising wage rates by at least 7% in the near term and by at least 40% from current wages by 2030. Bipartisan support has advanced a legislative measure to help homeless kids in K through 12. We know that uh, students who are experiencing homelessness have lower graduation rates. And so this program helps students experiencing homelessness meet their basic needs. Republican Representative Skylar Rood of Walla Walla and Democrat uh, Clyde Shavers of Skagit County, both backing House Bill 1622. It offers homeless students housing assistance, counseling and tutoring, plus help buying food and hygiene supplies. The bill has passed the House without a single no vote. The state Senate's taking it up next. Amazon permanently closing eight of its Amazon Go convenience stores, including two in downtown Seattle. Northwest News Radio's Kathy O'Shea has more. GeekWire reports in addition to the two Seattle locations, Amazon is closing two stores in New York City and four in San Francisco. An Amazon spokesperson said the two Seattle locations at 3rd Avenue and Pine Street and 4th Avenue at Pike Street have been closed for some time due to safety concerns. Concerns. The company says it's still committed to the Amazon Go format and will continue to operate more than 20 locations, including five other Seattle stores. Kathy O'Shea, Northwest News Radio. There is a battle brewing over the city of Seattle's plans to remove some trees downtown. Come before's Lee Stoll explains. This is right at the entrance to Pike Place Market, a spot many people know, especially in the spring as those trees start to bloom. There are yellow signs posted on all of those trees saying that they could 
be cut down as early as this week. Opponents say these trees have been a staple of the market entrance for at least 40 years, but the city does plan to remove them as part of that massive multi-year $756 million waterfront project that's underway. That includes work along the Pike Pine Corridor for bike and streetscape improvements. That phase of the project has been in the works for a while. It's slated to be finished in 2025. The city does plan to replace the trees with hybrid elms, but the group saved the market entrance. They say the trees could bloom for another 50 years, and so they should stay in place. Now, the city opened a 14-day public comment period. That also is posted on those yellow signs, but it does say that ends this week. In fact, it ends tomorrow. That's Como Forest Lee Stoll, and I do wonder about why can't, can't just uh, maybe replant them somewhere else. Nice, yeah, transplant them and, yeah. uh, and live on the legacy. It's 510 now. We have our Monday Beacon Plumbing Sports Update with Bill Swartz and both Gonzaga basketball teams try to join WSU women in the NCAA Big Dance. The West Coast Conference semifinal games are underway in Las Vegas. Gonzaga's top seed women defeated BYU 79-64. The Zag men are matched up in a semifinal game tonight against San Francisco. Washington State Cougar women completed an unlikely run to the Pac-12 Tournament Championship with a four-point victory over UCLA. Charlize Ledger-Walker and the Cougs are confident heading into the NCAA's big dance. It gives us a lot of momentum going forward. I think the confidence, the belief in the gym is going to be there, but any team you play in the tournament is hard, so we can't be complacent. You know, we got to go out, keep doing what we've been doing leading up to this game, but I have so much faith in this team that we can get a win at the tournament. In 15 minutes on Northwest News Radio, a tough love head coach and Shania Twain's music are Washington State round ball catalysts. 72 degrees in Arizona's Valley of the Sun. The Mariners lost their spring training game 6-2 to the Chicago Cubs. The M's also released lefty pitcher Nick Margevicius. And the NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero reports the Seattle Seahawks and Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith are close to a three year contract worth $105 million. Sports with Swartz at 10 and 40 after the hour. Northwest News Radio. Northwest News Time 512. Results from a new medication trial show that there may be a new option for people who have a statin intolerance. For those unfamiliar, statins are used to help lower a person's cholesterol and reduce their risk for cardiovascular events. Unfortunately, somewhere between 7 and 29% of people who try to take statins to lower their cholesterol levels have adverse effects, typically uh, muscle pain and sometimes muscle weakness. Dr. Stephen Neeson is a cardiologist at Cleveland Clinic and the lead researcher for this trial, which included 14,000 people from 30 different countries. He says previously there were no medications available to help lower cholesterol, specifically for those with a statin intolerance. So they decided to test a drug called bimpedoic acid that had been approved by the FDA a couple of years ago. The results from the trial showed it was well tolerated. In fact, it helped reduce heart-related complications by 13 to 15 percent. In addition, the medication reduced risk for heart attack by 23 percent and the risk for needing a stent or bypass surgery by 19 percent. It's important for the public to understand that the vast majority of patients can in fact be treated with statins. The drugs are very effective and they've been studied in hundreds of thousands of patients. We were studying a very special group of patients. Dr. Neeson says there were some side effects of the drug used in a trial, like a small increase in the risk of gout and the risk of gallstones.
And that's Como Forest Holly Menino. Mexico's president says his country is working to free four kidnapped Americans who crossed the border this weekend by medicine. ABC's Andy Field has the latest now from Washington, D.C. Those four Americans were kidnapped in Tamaulipas, Mexico, a place the U.S. State Department says is so risky to Americans, they've issued the same high do-not-travel warning it's used for Syria, North Korea, and Iran. As for additional information... We uh, do, do know details, um, but details are also quite scant at this time. State Department spokesman Ned Price won't confirm the Mexican president's claim that those four Americans were kidnapped while trying to buy medications in that country. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Northwest News Time 514, and we've got to check on your drive now in the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Where's the trouble, Kimmy Klein? Well, there's no big trouble spots, but we do still have a crash in Everett that is blocking a lane on north on I-5 at 41st. So that you're going to see the right lane blocked by emergency crews. It's causing a backup north of the Boeing freeway. But the rest of the freeways are definitely quieter than usual, even for a Monday. So you're going to see some crowding in Seattle on southbound 5 between the U District and I-90. Our travel time on the east side from Bellevue to South Center is taking only 23 minutes. Bellevue to Linwood is taking drivers 21 minutes. Southbound 167 is mostly on the brakes between Ellingson Road and 24th and Sumner. It's a little crowded in Federal Way on at that southbound 5 Highway 18 merge. A little slow again in South Tacoma, southbound I-5 around uh, 84th. And westbound 512 is rolling slow from the South Hill Mall towards Canyon Road. All for your next Northwest traffic at 524. As far as weather is concerned, well, we have our forecast sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services for showers at times overnight. Lows in the 30s. Sun breaks and showers tomorrow, too. But those morning showers could have some snow mixed in because of our chilly overnight lows. And high should be hitting right about 50 by this time tomorrow afternoon. Downtown Seattle now 47. News Radio 1000 FM 97.7. Your information station. Sponsored by Muckleshoot Casino. Checking our headlines now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Fansize with Kim Shepard and our editor is Bill O'Neill. A group of people arrested in Atlanta over the weekend for a violent protest at the construction site of a new police center are now facing domestic terrorism charges. Activists had organized a music festival to be begin a week of protests against the center, but the event took a turn and ended with some storming the site and burning equipment. The Bellevue School Board now down to just two meetings before it votes on the district's recommendation to close three elementary schools. Some parents complain the process felt rushed, and one has started an online petition urging the district to slow down. Another Norfolk Southern freight train derailed in Ohio over the weekend, the second derailment in just over a month. This time, there weren't any hazardous chemicals on board, but that's cold comfort for folks still dealing with the cleanup in East Palestine. ABC's Derek Dennis is on the Northwest Newsline. So what do you know so far about this latest crash on Saturday? Yeah, it happened over the weekend. And as you said, there's no hazardous chemicals on board, but still it was more than 200 crane train cars that derailed. Uh, Norfolk Southern was about 150 cars. And so uh, there are serious questions about the length of these trains and whether that has been a contributing factor to these Norfolk Southern derailments. Uh, we know Norfolk Southern has announced today that they're going to add uh, an extra device in the middle of their long trains that would help with braking and speed control. Uh, that should help uh, in, in any sort of future derailments. But the White House wants more. They want Obviously, them to be fully responsible for the cleanup in East Palestine, Ohio, where the first train derailment happened. 
but also to really take a serious look at how they're operating trains, especially through residential areas, and make sure that they're reporting to state officials and state by state if they're traveling across state lines, what they're carrying and the safety precautions they're taking to ensure residents' health. How far is Springfield from East Palestine? And maybe is there an issue with the tracks themselves, possibly? Different tracks. Uh, it's about two hours in between them. We're talking top and bottom of the state of Ohio, essentially. The two derailments are, are that far apart. But still, uh, it is Norfolk Southern, both trains operated by that same company. And so there is that connection. And, and the White House and other uh, state officials are uh, trying to make sure that uh, Norfolk Southern is doing all it should be doing in terms of rail safety on these longer trains. They're really looking at the length of these trains as being a, a factor. We know the NTSB is on the scene today in the second derailment, and that is one that they're going to take a strong look at. But the relief is that there is no chemicals on board. Now, as far as the cleanup efforts in East Palestine, I'm curious how those are going. The National Cancer Institute issuing a warning saying we may not know all the health effects for many years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're studying the air quality for dioxins, cancer-causing dioxins, which is what they weren't really looking for before. They were just checking for the chemicals that were on board the train. Now they're looking uh, at, at the chemicals that were produced by the chemicals when they were burned off as maybe a factor into the residents uh, still complaining of being sick. Uh, the cleanup is mostly done. The train cars have been removed and the soil uh, either has fully been removed or is almost being removed uh, fully from the from the contaminated site. Uh, so that's gone well, uh, but still you've got the lingering issues with sickness uh, that the residents are complaining about. And as you said, it may take a while for them, uh, for officials to really determine what is making residents sick. ABC's Derek Dennis on the Northwest Newsline. Meantime, the push continues to make the nation's railways safer with support on both sides of the aisle in Congress. A closer look at that coming up here in just about 30 minutes. Well, two United Airlines planes clipped wings near the gates this morning at Boston Logan International Airport. And ABC's Peter Iliopoulos at Logan has more on what happened. One plane was backing up from its gate when it its wing hit the tail wing of another plane at a neighboring gate. Now a United spokesman says they deplaned both the, these aircraft and are now working to make accommodations for the passengers as each flight has been canceled. One plane was going to Newark and the other was going to Denver. And we're told in that mishap no one was hurt. Northwest News Time coming up on 520, and that brings us to our stock charts, stock.com money updates. U.S. stocks managed a mostly higher finish today. Earlier modest gains largely evaporated as investors await congressional testimony from Fed Chair Jerome Powell tomorrow and Wednesday. The Dow Industrials and S&P 500 edged up 40 and 3 points, respectively, but the Nasdaq Composite slipped 13. Shares of Apple rose 1.9% today. Analysts at Goldman Sachs began coverage of the tech giant with a buy rating and a price target that implies upside potential of about 30%. Rappers Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa today announced a 33-city summer tour that also has Warren G. and Too Short on the bill. The high school reunion tour hits Auburn's White River Amphitheater on July 9th. Tickets go on sale through Ticketmaster Friday morning. That's your money now. I'm Jim Chesko, Northwest News Radio. Money News at 20 and 50 past every hour and coming up a big win for the WSU ladies and even Shania Twain is celebrating.
The news never sleeps, neither do we. Covering your neighborhood and the world 24-7. The Northwest's only all-news station. News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. On your smart speaker, nwnewsradio.com. While the 